Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. What did you just say? Salami tooth. I was snacking on your spread. That's a spicy start. <laughs> that's a very spicy salami for, start. For anyone who's just listening, we actually do have salami on a on a charcuterie board in front of us. That wasn't a euphemism for anything. Much better way to say it. Uh, but we do have video now. Had you? Yeah, you could tune in and actually see that we are in fact just sitting in front of a charcuterie charcuterie board here at Top Tree Studios, high above the Sunset Strip. Yeah. Shout out to Top Tree and our friend Mark. Producer Mark, Producer I, Mark, I just got nervous right before we started that I had salami tooth yeah. because of the spread I was snacking on. And then I was going to, this went somewhere totally different because of how weird you were when you started it, but <laughs> you said salami tooth and I immediately thought of, um, like, when I was a kid I was really fascinated by mastodons and saber-toothed tigers Same. and stuff, and you said salami tooth and I just pictured, like, some prehistoric mammal <laughs> who was, like... I don't know. Covered I love a salami, salami tooth or, tiger. Yeah, a salami tooth tiger. Like mortadella tusks. Yeah, exactly. Like you've seen, like you know, have you ever seen some of the prehistoric sharks where their like teeth were like actually in the shape of a buzz saw or something? Whoa. Maybe salami tooth would yeah just have have tusks <laughs> made out of salami. You're going to the natural history museum. Yeah, and here's the the fearsome salami tooth <laughs> who roamed the Bornean forest yeah, ten terrible. million years ago. Would really only hang out with vegetarians. Yeah, tough to be a salami tooth. <laughs> around all those predators, those carnivores. Yeah, I guess you would just get snacked up. You'd get super snacked up. You'd be the Jabba the Pizza Hut of uh, yeah. of the prehistoric kingdom. That's why they went extinct. <laughs> <laughs> There's no more salami tooths. None. Not in well, our what era. What up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? Awesome. Welcome to Weed and Grove, everyone. This is a podcast about comedy. Cannabis. Culture. Cooking. Calling shit out. And... Uh, spreads, charcuterie, charcuterie, uh, and, and crypto, and it's so much information in this awesome pod. Yeah. We've got a fantastic guest. Liz is very smart. She's smart, and she like we hopped around on so many neat topics. I feel like we did a little island hopping with her. Yeah, you know. Can I get one of those? Oh yeah, shout out Sumo. I was gonna dip uh, one of these Sumo snacks into this tzatziki that I have here on this charcuterie spread. Um, it's a little bit of a you know weird assortment. I don't know if tzatziki normally goes on a charcuterie board, but I added it. I think it. so. I think that if you're going to have like spicy meats, you need a cool cream to yeah. balance it out. I feel you on that. So yeah, I'm with it. Uh, how is a sumo snack with tzatziki? It's great because it's the ranch flavor, mm. and so it complements it perfectly. Mm. So good. Man, these are rock, man. I know. I love sumo. 10 milligrams per pouch. All the Sumosnacks.com. Mm-hmm. Mm. Ooh, one more. So good. Sorry, keep talking while I keep snacking. I'm going to have a piece of salami. All right, then everyone's just going to have to hold on. (laughs) We're just (laughs) listening to us eat. (laughs) Well, that's what you asked for when you tuned into Weed and Grub. Oh, my God. Anybody who's joining us the first time, I wonder what this about. Oh, they just kind of eat. (laughs) (laughs) They get high and eat food and do bits. Yeah, pretty Uh much. Yeah. Um, Really quick. (laughs) <laughs> oh, Mark is saying it's like yeah. Sorry for how is it in your ears, Mark? <laughs> oh, ASMR. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, took his pants off. Oh All wow, right. great. <laughs> <laughs> That's our listenership. Yeah, <laughs> weed and grub ASMR. Do you want to hear people chewing salami? <laughs> how often do you get people wanting you? Like if you, I know that you're not on OnlyFans, 
I'm not. But I'm going to be honest, and I hope you don't. I know you're going to blush. You're I'm already gonna, covering yourself I'm, with a I'm pillow. I'm hugging a pillow. You're already I'm hugging a pillow. I'm bolstering myself. Get it? That was a pillow joke. Okay. 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 You're Come so on. nervous about what I'm about to say because I brought up What are you going to say? You're pants. talking. <laughs> Everyone knows you have cute feet. Everybody DMs about wanting you to say specific words with your voice because you have a great like voiceover, close your eyes and say like filet mignon kind of a thing. Mm. So if you would just do like something with the lips and something with the toes, I think you would be like a millionaire by now. And I hope that's okay to say. That's very okay to say. It's very flattering. Thank you. Um, do people want to hear me say things and then look at my feet? DM me. <laughs> Although I'm not on social media. So I don't know. I guess find me on the street. Don't do that. <laughs> Just we'll see what happens. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. I um, what would I do? I mean, I've been, I am fascinated by ASMR, and if I felt like I could figure out a way to break into that world, I would. But I just don't have the. I mean, I think it's a really specific skill set and knowledge of what people want, and I just don't have that. It'll come across my TikTok sometimes as yeah. a live stream, and it'll be somebody with like really beautiful manicured nails tapping on a very high end microphone and. Yeah, there's this whole dance to it. And I just picture a bunch of like dudes wearing blackout sunglasses behind curtains going like, oh, 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 like that. <laughs> well, I you feel know? like for some people, it's just, it soothes their anxiety, right? Isn't that why people oh, love I thought ASMR? it was like a cum thing. I don't think it's like porny. I think it's more a soothing thing. Oh. And some of the ones that have been coming across my feed lately have been uh, like the makeup has really evolved. So now you're looking at people who do like really elaborate, really cool makeup and really cool hair in addition to a lot of black light and like cool like pinks and blues and glowing. So it's also something that's really cool to look at. But then the sounds are, yeah, it's just. I, I, that you make, you describe it as like life is beautiful inside your apartment. It's totally like a trip. Yeah. yeah. Man, yeah. I, man, had I known about that while we were all in lockdown, mm -hmm. I probably would have taken a ton of mushrooms and gotten pretty deep into ASMR. Yeah, well, there's still time. Yeah. We could take mushrooms tonight if you want and go down an ASMR rabbit hole. If you're serious, I'm serious. Let's do it. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm ready to stay inside and stare at a screen on mushrooms. <laughs> Great. Wow. Everyone's like, no. No, no screens on mushrooms. That's sacrilegious. <laughs> I mean, you can take you can take mushrooms and try to look at a screen and the mushrooms won't let you. I think, I think in so. my experience. Yeah. I, I simply cannot. It like taps into my like dog brain where it's like yeah. no screens, go outside, you just smell don't the wanna, air. You don't want to drink alcohol. You don't want to look at screens. You don't want to do any of those things. I've tried to drink alcohol and mushrooms and my body's like ah no yeah you know like maybe a cold beer a very very cold beer and it takes you you know until the beer is warm to drink half of it like that's my experience on mushrooms it's wonderful that fucking rules yeah they won't let you be bad um do you have a <laughs> news story this week i do have a news story you want to get to the grublet gazette yeah so our news story this week is from leafly and it's a crazy story about a cannabis dispensary that was robbed in Washington state. And I just wanted to highlight it because, you know, it's just sort of still pointing to what's going on with all of these cannabis businesses that are getting looted because they can only operate in cash because they don't have access to safe banking. Um, so this story is on Leafly. The headline is, my store was robbed on Tuesday. We're still recovering from the trauma. And uh, the writer, it's a first-person essay about how the cannabis dispensary they work at was robbed again. So it's happened twice this year. Um, it was an invasion with deadly weapons. Um, they, I guess guns. <laughs> That's so weird that they say deadly weapons. Yes, guns. Like, what else would you have? A bazooka? 
Maybe. You know. Um, There's always that guy who shows up to the robbery. He's like, yeah, you guys. <laughs> oh, you brought the a- rocket launcher? <laughs> yeah. We didn't need that. <laughs> oh. oh, damn it. You never get to play with my rocket launcher. Daryl. <laughs> so uh, it was the second armed robbery this year of this particular store. There have been 70 licensed cannabis stores that have been robbed at gunpoint in Washington State in the past two months. And... They basically are being hit because people know that they have to um, operate in cash. They're cash-only businesses, so they're going to have cash on hand. Yeah. Has anyone seen Ocean's Eleven? Like, not even a casino is safe. Can (laughs) you imagine, like, a store that is just ran by two people who have a dream? Yeah. I'm just here trying to make a living, and I'm a sitting duck because of banking laws. So it also points out that the state has said to stores, quote, this is one of the sub-headlines, learn to be a good victim. State officials are aware of the problem. In late January, the liquor and cannabis board sent an advisory bulletin to licensed stores offering quote safety suggestions that retailers can consider including hiring armed guards making frequent cash deposits hanging signs yeah do not rob <laughs> you you know classic yeah, sign great it's like yeah i should i should just wear a t-shirt that says please don't rape me and that's going to make sure that nobody's going to rape me right yeah totally weird to make a rape joke in the middle of this but it's like it's but the we're same talking about heinous idiocy. acts and the fucking idiocy of like Putting the onus on the person who is at risk, I guess, is my point. Like, you're putting the onus on the person who is at risk to not have that crime happen to them. And that's, I guess, why I brought up... Victim blaming shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like, it shouldn't be on the stores to have to prevent people from robbing them. We should stop the reason that they're being robbed and give them access to banking. They also, the story also points out state to stores, thanks for the $560 million last year, which is the amount of cannabis tax that Washington State collected from legal cannabis businesses. So the hypocrisy is just maddening right so how can it be legal for all of for the government to make a shitload of money but it's illegal for you to have a safe place to put your side of the coin and this is the issue because the federal banking laws dictate that weed is still illegal under federal law and so all of these big banks including you know credit card companies like visa and mastercard won't do business with these state legal businesses but the state can still profit off them and these businesses pay taxes fucking hell and i don't know what i'm talking about but our guest today liz Talking about blockchain, there's mm-hmm. got to be a wiggle workaround within blockchain for the cannabis industry and, and say, kind of, fuck the banks, y'all. If right. you ain't going to play with us, then we're going to go around you somehow. Like, that, I don't know what I'm saying, but you know what I'm saying. I do know what you're saying. And I think, you know, that's the, the a big tie-in with cannabis and crypto is that cryptocurrency may be a safer way forward for some of these businesses to be able to, yeah, just operate safely without worrying about, you know, having people with guns coming into your store and taking everything you've worked for. Yeah. And also, the fucked up thing about that, too, is you'll have very staunch, um, small-minded government officials who will point to that and still say, like, weed is a violent, heinous place. Right. Look at how we can't legalize this. You want gun runners running around, break, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So that also fuels this, like, anti-legalization fire that is so incorrect. It's nuts. So, yeah, this story is on Leafly. It's written by Amara Barnes, who has worked in the cannabis industry for over two years. She um, wrote this great, you know, first-person piece that's really worth checking out. And, you know, it's, we just got to continue to point at the insanity and the hypocrisy of these uh, banking laws. They're currently trying to pass legislation to make this no longer an issue. But, um, you know, shit takes so much time in government and someone's always going to be against it. Yeah. Like, stop being a bummer. How's that for a sign? Oh, yeah. Outside of a door. <laughs> hey, I guys. just wear that shirt yeah. instead of the please don't rape me shirt. Stop being a bummer? Yeah, stop being a bummer is a better shirt. I'm going to get that. <laughs> 
Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa. I was so, about to complain about something, but. <laughs> yeah. my See my shirt? It says stop being a bummer. Okay. Let's do some fun shots. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is hard when you're hanging out with friends and it's just like, I don't know, because like, the world is opening back up, but so many, you keep reminding me that people are hurting and yes. I'm like, yeah, but I just want to talk about fun, nice things. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. Like you can, if you're communicating important information to me that is correct, like about the war in Ukraine, you're allowed to be a bummer because that is bummer information that you can't like candy coat or, you know, spoon feed me. You're allowed to be a bummer. Bad facts. But meaning no, they're like true sad, facts. sad, true facts. True facts can be sad facts. Okay. But wrong facts cannot be sad facts. You can't be a bummer if you're wrong <laughs> or you can't be a bummer and wrong at the same time. Okay. Like you can either be a bummer uh-huh. or you can be wrong. But you can't be a bummer and wrong at the same time, is what I'm saying. That's the Venn diagram. Mm-hmm. To be that's the overlap in the in the middle is the if you're a bummer and you're wrong at the same time, then you're not my friend. <laughs> that's the Anymore. shirt. Yeah, the shirt isn't don't be a bummer. The shirt is what now? It's the, uh, the it's Venn a, diagram it's a of Venn your di- friendship. It doesn't say please don't rape me. Okay, and it does, it doesn't say don't be a bummer. It's a Venn diagram that says you're a bummer and you're wrong. And when they overlap, it says you're not my friend in the middle. Fucking that's a good shirt. Oh, that's a negative shirt. Yeah, but it's also like fair warning, y'all. I don't want to walk around with a shirt that says you're not my friend because you're a bummer and you're wrong. It'll put everyone on their heels. They better bring some like kind heat. It's a good thing I'm not on social media. Nobody wants to follow this right now. I'm a mess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Just because like nobody like, I don't know. I think you're better not being on social media. I don't mean I totally. like you more. I just mean like everyone's better without it. Yeah, I certainly feel I feel good without it. But there I wouldn't have be to anyone on named there. Marjorie Taylor Greene who would have any kind of momentum at all if it wasn't for social media. That is true. So, you know, yes. I think that if anyone's to wear like she would never fit that Venn diagram of she's a total bummer and she's always wrong. The <laughs> Venn diagram is just one circle because those two circles fully overlap. So it's just like a big circle called Marjorie Taylor Greene. And then it's like this, the no sign, you know, <laughs> just never, ever with you and your fucking weird Jewish space laser, insane, fucking racist, yeah. crazy, tiny eyes, CrossFit, Jesus thumping weirdness. Get away from me. Get away from me. <laughs> Unreal that she has a platform. Sorry. I hate her so much. Yeah, it's all Ooh, good. I'm See, so this glad. is when yeah. you're not a bummer. You're right and you're fun while talking shit. That's my kind of friend. And there's the Venn dialogue that, that overlap is your friend. Yeah. Fun and right. And talking shit. Yes. Yeah, it's more of an Olympic ring situation. Oh, cool. Like, yeah, my my code of ethics, talk shit, have some fun, uh-huh. be my friend. Cool. Yeah. I'm I'm into it. Awesome. Um, while before we get to Buds of the Week or yes. while we do Buds of the Week, yes. do you want to do some popcorn taste testing? Oh yeah, let's do some popcorn here. I'll grab it. Oh, do you have it there? I have it right here. Oh, nice. So this was um the coolest find at your friend Stephen. Well, our friend. Yeah. Stephen Kramer Glickman's birthday. Gustavo party. from Big Time Rush. Um, Pigeon Toady from Storks. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I feel like I, I just love the guy. Check out Nighttime Show podcast. It's another podcast I'm on with him, Mike Black, Matt Walker. We talked to a lot of people from Star Trek, all kinds of things. And we were at his birthday party at the Disney Train Barn. Yeah. And John Stamos was there. LA is wild, man. LA is weird, I man. was like, what's happening right now? I'm eating this delicious cupcake looking at John Stamos while people ride a tiny train. <laughs> like, I don't need drugs. <laughs> this is my life. And the drugs just enhance it. <laughs> 
That's the truth. <laughs> but I don't need them. <laughs> and there was a guy there who, out of on Sweetser Street, mm-hmm. which is a street here in uh, in L.A., he is making designer gourmet popcorn. He gave us some to try on the air. So while we do Buds of the Week, we we're going to try some. Yeah, I got to try. I'm so excited to try this banana pudding. And I'll try the shakshuka. Yeah. Shakshuka is uh, the tomato sauce egg dish, right? Yes. Yeah. One of my favorite things to eat for breakfast. Uh, if you're ever in New York, Cafe Mogador has an amazing shakshuka. One time I was there and I saw John Voight and I debated whether or not to yell at him. Wow. Oh, was this when he showed his colors? Yeah, it was like after he got all weird. Yeah. I mean, all I right. guess he's always been weird, but then we found out how weird he was. So this is banana pudding. I'm going to do some more chewing in the microphone. I'm doing shakshuka. <laughs> Sorry, Mark. <laughs> Producer Mark is like, Holy oh my shit. god, this is delicious. This is delicious. Is it? Here, let's swap. Shakshuka is like, so if you taste popcorn, the thing is, is that popcorn is naturally and expectedly either salty or sweet because of caramel corn. Mm-hmm. In this case, savory popcorn, love the texture, but it definitely you can taste like the herbs and you can taste the tomato. That's nuts. It's nuts. It tastes like shakshuka. This is nuts. I actually prefer this to the sweet. You do? Because it is a little sweet, but it's such a crazy experience. Yeah. That's Unexpected. Fun. Wow. Oh, and this has little vanilla wafers in it? Wow. Yo, sweets are. Sweets are gourmet popcorn. They're at sweetsergourmet.com. I imagine that you can order some online to come to your home. He's got crazy, amazing flavors. We also got a bag of French toast that we'll have to try when we're not chewing in ears. Yeah. Oh, I just want to say one more thing about this banana pudding one. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever had like runts. Or any banana candy, mm-hmm. but it's fucking disgusting. Nobody can do banana right, and I'm not sure why. It always tastes way too much of one side of the banana. He nailed it with this banana. It doesn't popcorn. taste artificial, does it? It doesn't taste artificial mm-hmm. at all. And shout out runs the weed strain because we don't mean that because you're delicious. Don't feel bad. Yum. <laughs> okay, God buds damn. of the week. Buds of the week. Okay, I would like you to go first. I will go first. He's my friend. <laughs> He's a great comic. He just went viral this week that we're recording this on TikTok for the first time. And he does this great blog called The Sternal Journal. Julian Stern is my butt of the week. The Sternal Journal this week was, I don't have time to write this blog. I'm going viral on TikTok. And I watched it. And it's a it's a really great clip about how OCD he is and how people talk about being OCD. But they're not really OCD. You want to know real OCD? So check out Julian's clip. Because not only is it like from a real place, but it's crazy funny. And then follow him on Instagram at Julian M. Stern. And check out the Sternal Journal every Sunday night. You get a fun thing. It's got, um, I'm sorry, I'm drooling from this popcorn. <laughs> it's got um, it's got like music recommendations, podcast recommendations, um, books. He's an avid, avid reader. Uh, he's just like an all around great guy, great comic. So check out all the things he does. And he has one of the greatest jokes in his comedy special that we went to see uh, him tape about um, farting at a wedding that I was crying. Like, I peed myself. I laughed so hard. It was really fantastic. It was He's really very good. funny. Yeah. Yeah. It was an awkwardly timed fart with just the wrong person. It was a, <laughs> it's a really good story. <laughs> so that's my butt of the week this week. <laughs> Man, I'll tell you what. Recording the interview before we record the intro. I know. We smoked that El Blunto. And I am stoned wee. and hungry and eating. Oh, and we it's fun. It's great. Um, my butt of the week this week is at Glazer Boo Hoo Hoo. It's his birthday week. He's uh, my podcast co-host and partner in crime in life in so many ways. And I'm so grateful for you. And it's Aries season and you're doing so much cool shit. I'm so excited for all of your comedy shows coming up. 
uh, check out his link tree and his Instagram bio to make sure that you come see him if he's coming to a town near you. He's the coolest. He uh, holds me accountable and gives me a hard time when I need it and is just the best, most fun hang. I love like unspooling with you and I, I am so grateful to know you and have this uh, journey, you know, that we're on together. So you're my better of the week, Mike. Holy shit, Mary Jane. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Also, I think we're celebrating... Uh, we're coming up on 300 eps of this crazy podcast, and I wanted to shout that out too. It's a little bit of like a weed and grub birthday. Yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Damn. Yeah. Thanks. That feels really great. Like that's what this podcast is about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, buds. Yep. You're cool. the best, Mike. Thank you. Um, let's get to our VIP. Our very important bud. Yeah, Liz. not to, not to squash that because I like sitting in the sitting in the glow with you. <laughs> um. But our, our VIB this week is Liz Whiting. Liz is an incredible entrepreneur, marketing maven, content creator, all around great person, advocate about, you know, so many great things. And it's a really cool combo. So yeah, I so, learned a lot. Yeah. So glad to catch up with her. Cool. Without further ado, here's our interview with Liz Whiting. I'm so glad we have video for this because, uh, Liz, you <coughs> have brought an assortment, an array, a bag full of <laughs> weed goodies to share with us. And I don't think we've ever had a guest come on the pod as prepared to like dive into what you love about weed as you are right now. So I do love weed. I mean, you really love weed. So many cups yeah. are on this table. There's a lot of variety. I like to make sure that wherever I go, there's something for everyone. People follow you to know what's good in weed, right? I guess so. I would I would say maybe they follow me for like, some of my content is kind of cringe, and maybe they follow <laughs> me for that, but I do hope they follow me for weed recommendations as well. <laughs> I did just watch a very funny uh, reel where you were smoking a joint in your car, and then oh, yeah. there was like a car coming around the corner. What was that movie? I don't what? actually know. It was like a car It might have been a like, James Bond one. Yeah, yes. like the Italian job or something. Okay. And then it's like POV, you smoking your joint in the car yeah. and getting smashed into the river. Yeah. Fantastic. I actually, <laughs> so there's some content, you know, like with the algorithms, you always have to keep up with content. And so I'm not going to lie. Some days I'm like, I don't give a fuck about this. Like this is a piece of shit content and I'm just going to put it up because the algorithm. Yeah. But that, I was like, this is is good content. It was fucking hilarious. And so, yeah, I love following you on IG. I want to trace oh, our- I love that. Trace, trace the origins of our story a little bit for okay. our listeners. So you have a podcast called Send Us Flowers. Yes. And I just heard you talk about me, to bring it back to me, on your pod. Oh, this was, is why you wanted to start here? Yeah, yeah, shut up. So, <laughs> no, wait, look, I, look, let's be real. I love going to stuff because people give you presents and compliment you. And I love to give other people that treatment because yes. that's my love language yes. is presents and compliments. I also like quality time. <laughs> so I love giving other people compliments. And that's how you start out your pod. Yeah. Yeah. So I send people flowers. And I got sent flowers by I did. Liz. I sent her flowers. And it was about the first time we met, mm -hmm. which was however many years ago now. I mean, I was still at I High know. Times. Yeah. So at least it had to be like 2018 or before. Yeah, 2017, 2018. Yeah. And we met. Because it was right when I came out here. You had just moved here. And mm -hmm. you were, you came into the office for a meeting and we met. And like, I feel like we kind of like, 
a little spark in her eye and was like, let's get the fuck out of here and leave all these yeah. like, douchebags in their fucking oh corporate boardroom to be like, <laughs> we're going to fuck shit up in our own way as women in weed. And I felt that from you in oh that moment. God. And you have continued to do so. Like, it's just been so, I mean, you were doing it at that point with Daily High Club, I think, right? Is that who you were yeah. with? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and it's just been so cool to watch you just make moves. Like Mike and I hung out with you at the National Cannabis Festival. Fuck yeah, we did. You were covered in that paint. Was so it much was so fun. much fun. That yeah. was a great time. And I think I called to you guys like through a fence. Yeah. That was Your so... finger was through a fence going like yeah, that. I was like, and then I think I was like under it like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> You were like flapping wristbands around. Yeah. So you've got like your finger in multiple weed pies on multiple coasts, mm-hmm. if that's an okay metaphor to use. Weed yeah. pies in multiple weed pies, coasts. Yeah, multiple coasts. Fingering multiple weed Fingering pies. Fingering multiple pies. Yeah. You're a pie sure. fingerer. F- I'm a pie fingerer. <laughs> <laughs> a weed pie finger Glad person. that that's documented forever. <laughs> <laughs> um Okay, what what are you doing right now though? Like, what's your what's your what's your jam? You got the pod. Yes. So uh, right now, I am working. I'm working on my podcast. Send us flowers. Um, it started because about a year ago, I've always kind of like delved into different, I guess, programming you could call it. And I've uh, had other podcasts in the past. I used to have one for music and I would interview people in DC and like the music world. And then um, when I was at Daily High Club, we did more of like a live stream. And then I would also do stuff on my personal page and then other people's as that started growing. And then um, I started a marketing podcast like around a year ago and I never really promoted it. But it just kind of like started... You didn't promote your marketing podcast? I know. I guess that's probably... I. You know what? Can we edit that? <laughs> that probably no, makes no, me sound no so bad. I just think it's great. That is because, actually... I never thought about that. But you found out where your heart lay was in a different way, right? And I think that... I mean, sorry to point it out, but like I think that you've found your way forward, not through marketing so much, but through your love of cannabis, right? Yeah, exactly. And so... For me, it was, um, I, I guess I did put it out there like a little bit on my on my Instagram, but it wasn't like the forefront of anything I was touching. And then I had to get surgery and, and like my life very much shifted last year. Are you and okay? I am. Well, uh, I don't know. Okay. Uh, no, I'm okay. I'm yeah. okay. I'm yeah. okay. Great. <laughs> Is she? Just want to ask. Like 49% there. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. We're 100% today. Um, awesome. But uh, yeah, no, I am doing so much better It like. Honestly, that was like a life changing situation. And um, I started, you know, rebuilding the podcast. But I was like, I don't want to just talk about marketing. I do that all the time, all day, 24-7. And it definitely enters the realm of like some topics that are touched on. But I really wanted to create a podcast that celebrated especially women in the industry and diverse voices and put people you know, on a stage and say, hey, like, here are just other stories of cannabis because there's so many different facets of cannabis and different ways people use it. And I really feel like the imagery that's out there right now of cannabis, which has drastically changed over the last couple, especially last couple of years because, Mm -hmm. of you know, how the legalization movement has happened in different states but the imagery we've seen is very it's very largely male dominated and i just felt like hey you know there's there's other conversations happening and i really want a place to feature those voices so it's not even like meh like no men are bad it's just cuz like i have men on the podcast too but it's it's just a celebration of you know more diverse voices and people that 
I think are really pushing this industry forward in just, you know, different ways. Like I touched on policy work and content creators and people making uh, women's health products and, you know, what the Canadian market is like and, you know, talking about suppositories and like your periods and uh, content creators and what like the uh, content creator economy has become over the past couple years in cannabis. Like, what yeah. is that? That's crazy. That's never existed before. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so that's why I, you know, have been building that out. And I think the message has like started to evolve in its own way too. And I, I call it send us flowers because I think that in cannabis, a lot of people, you know, are here for different reasons. And at the end of the day, the one reason we should all be here is to have people, you know, allowed affordable and accessible cannabis. Yes. Like at the end of the day, I know that some people, like everyone's like, I don't even care about cannabis. I just want to make money, whatever. That's like for you too, it makes sense to, for people to have affordable and accessible cannabis. And so it helps create just like, you know, an even playing field where we can send good energy forward mm -hmm. and start the podcast too by you know, paying those flowers forward to someone you admire or someone who has like helped you. And so, so many people have said, you know, different people in the industry or like their moms or like, you know, a person who's really helped them get through something. And it always helps us kind of start the story of the podcast too. And and I've heard such beautiful journeys and it's been, it's been a very cool process. So that is a big part of what I'm doing right now. And I, I did love giving you flowers. That was a, such a cool moment. I'll never, I, I really will never forget that moment. It was very vivid. We were in this high times office. Corporate and, ass boardroom I mean, on Wilshire. Long like table. It was crazy. Big long oh table. Oh my God, it was the biggest table. Big and shiny windows. I was and so intimidated. You couldn't, <laughs> that room is set up to intimidate people. That's what corporate boardrooms are it for. It really well. And <laughs> I, I had come from, you know, I worked for high times in New York when it was like a, you know, a, like a publishing company and an mm -hmm. office that was full of weed and right. bongs and art. And then things changed and yeah. the company changed hands. And so by that point, when I was in that office, the company had truly, truly changed and I really didn't yeah. recognize it anymore. There we were in this corporate boardroom where we couldn't smoke, <laughs> having a meeting about weed. And I was like, I oh, no. But yeah, I, I remember meeting you so well because I looked across the table at you and I was like, oh, we're going to know each other. Yeah. And I, I yeah. just I hadn't seen another. I it was I come from the East Coast. Uh, a lot of people know that by now. And you didn't talk about weed. You didn't post that on Instagram? Mm -hmm. Holy shit. Like, you tried to do anything to not have that on social media. And, like, coming here and seeing someone, you know, not even someone, a woman, openly write about it and talk about it in such a public manner and not in a way that was also, like, hyper-sexualized, it was very different for me. It was totally a new world. I was like, whoa, this can exist in other ways. That's awesome. Damn. Nice. Damn, Mary Jane. Whoa. I, I mean, this, no, this is about you this and all very, the stuff you're doing. I know, I but you're awesome. And you're so fucking it's awesome. very cool to be here and, and be talking about that and really yeah. come full circle. And so another thing, um, you know, that I'm doing is I'm consulting now with uh, different cannabis brands. Yep. One has been Gentleman Toker. They're out of DC. I really, really enjoy the team. I enjoy the message. Um, I'm Joe. on the editorial team. Yes. Full disclosure. I, yeah. I you know. I was like, I don't know if I should. But yeah. I, yeah. And, and it has been so cool working with you on that and adjacently on on certain things. Um, 
yeah, it's it's been really wild. Uh, I came onto the brand last summer and have been, you know, just helping build out their socials, helping build out their own podcast. Um, that's been really cool. You were on it. Yeah. Um, that was a whole adventure in and of itself. I know the three of us hung out in Palm Springs in some yeah. like weird recording studio that you found at the last minute. And oh that was God. one another thing about like that you handing things through fences or like <laughs> flapping wristbands <laughs> over like you know, VIP areas, that was like a last minute situation. We were supposed to record in one place and then you had to like book a studio was, because the yeah. equipment didn't work, whatever. I just remember. Yeah, the and, equipment didn't work. And you showed up and like you had a great outfit on and you gave us all coffee and you were like, here's this amazing studio that I booked in five minutes. Yeah, that yeah. was gonna turn into a disaster, but it didn't. Yeah. And I was really glad about that. I feel like you handle things. And to your credit on handling things, you told me that you just said, I'm going to find, I have to figure something out. And then you walked out of the room. So nobody knew that there were any problems because if you could come up with a solution, there there wouldn't be too many cooks in the room. There would be no panic. If you can just go handle it and come back with answers, then everyone's happy. And then they'll just do whatever you say because it's the exactly. way. It's so smart. It really is. And it's such a woman in business move too, I feel like, because just from my experience, I don't want to speak for you, but getting second guessed constantly, if you're making the right decision or not, if you can just handle it like a boss and then come back in and be like here's what's happening without someone weighing in and being like actually yeah yeah so repeating you or repeating repeating. this just happened to us the other day it was actually crazy we were on a zoom guilty and i i said an idea and then the other person on the zoom just repeated it like it was their idea and you were sitting there i can't believe it i was like i you just saw that right we just saw that it was so funny it was great I mean I think legitimately there is a small chance that they just didn't hear me and maybe I was stoned and I felt like they were never the case (laughs) don't ever think see because this is the thing then you start to wonder you're like did I say that am I crazy like am I crazy and you always have to have and then I'm like I need someone to like validate the fact that that actually happened and it's yeah. It's really tough. I've had those experience. I, I actually recently had an experience like that. I have them all the time. I can think of like 19,000 times that that has happened. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Moving through the world as a woman can Dude, be they tricky. they just like don't hear you. Yeah. I don't understand it. I don't. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I do wonder. I was thinking maybe I should get a soundboard. And I've been like legitimately thinking this. I talked to Mark about it actually, about getting a soundboard for the podcast, but I kind of just want one for life. Like to be like, guys, I'm going to say something. (laughs) And then like, who the fuck isn't paying attention then? Like they have to listen. Mm -hmm. Imagine if you had a soundboard and like in the middle of something, like you just hear, oops. like (laughs) Liz, you have something to share? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like this so much. I do. There there are different tricks. There is one great trick that I learned and I can't remember. I think I learned it in theater school. It was like Mm -hmm. how to to steal a scene basically. And it came from a scene where there was an actor who was just eating soup while the other person was talking, but they would like lift the spoon and then never take the sip. So gradually everyone's focus is just watching this person who doesn't actually have any fucking lines. Wow. And so the tip was, I can't remember who told it to me, but I used to use it in editorial meetings when I was feeling like, I have an idea and no one's listening to me. Yeah. And I would speak up and everyone would turn to me and then I would just hold until I made sure that everyone was looking at me and I would just take the time. And if anyone would like try to take it back, I'd be like, you know, and I'd, I'd like do something to keep it. But like just a moment of silence. Yeah. So everyone hears what's coming next. Yeah. And no, it actually is pretty effective. That's okay. crazy because a word just came up 
into my throat because I was like, go, somebody say something. <laughs> Gotta but, fill it, fill it, fill it, fill it, fill it. You can make it happen. There are different ways. Okay. Fuck, that's powerful. Also, mm-hmm. sounds scary to try until you realize the power behind it. Yeah, it's scary to hold it, right? Yeah. Like, I know you know this from being on stage. Like, holding everyone in a moment of silence is possibly one of the hardest things to do at any time, public speaking or on stage or in a meeting or whatever. So, yeah, it's kind of a power move. Oh, yeah. shit. No, we all just sit here in total silence. Yeah, for- we all start to be like... <laughs> Yeah, I'm powerful. Yeah, I'm powerful. Who's powerful now? I'm more powerful. (laughs) I'm more silenter than you as I'm talking. (laughs) I'm the quietest. I'm the quietest. No, I'm the quietest. Yeah, it's, you know, it's tough. Like, it's definitely been a learning process. Like, the way I honestly, so my mom is one of my biggest heroes. Mm. Um, Other than that, I don't really believe in heroes, but I think there's amazing people who can be great examples of things. And one of those people is uh, Ted Lasso. I don't know if you've <laughs> watched that show. Only the first season, but okay. I loved it. Holy shit. I usually never watch shows like that. I'm very much like I'll watch The Office for the 90th time. And that's pretty much the extent of my like entertainment. And then I watched Ted Lasso and I was like, holy shit, I need to deal with everything in my life the way he does because like if I can command a room and be that positive no matter what the shit is going on in my life like that's really effective and so I'm not gonna lie I I really um honed in on that and I feel like when I can bring positive energy to something and really like you know, that's my way of kind of commanding the room, I think, is is like saying, hey, like, you know, maybe this isn't working out, but we can find a solution. And here is one of them. And if yeah. you don't like it, we can figure out a different one. But like, I, I do think that I've also been in experiences where people do, you know, energy is like a hurricane. It can really shift. And so when you are a leader or you're working to be a, a good leader I really feel that you have to be so aware of like the people around you and the things that you're feeling because if you're feeling stressed and you know have this hurricane of energy and you're like oh my god there's all these problems and we're never going to resolve them and everything is going to end and the world is going to end then yeah you're going to feel like the world is going to end but if you're like hey this is fucking messed up but like we can fix it. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. oh, hey, you're like, already you're like, hey, you know what? We can fix it. And not every solution is going to be permanent or the best, but like at least there's something to like push you forward. And that forward momentum is always what's going to find the resolve. You staying stuck is never going to be what's finding it. Yeah. Damn. I'm going to eat some meat on that. Eat some <laughs> meat. And so can I have a lighter to, we should yeah, also get into some of the show and tell of the, all of the weed that you brought. That's an El Blunto. Am I allowed to light yes, this? Yes, please do. I love these. It would be a treat if you lit that. Our friend Noah sent those over. That's his company. Um, he's a friend of the pod and uh, yeah, he's doing great stuff. Yeah. I, so um, I'm a big fan of El Blunto. One of the people I recently had on the podcast was Eric Kahn and he has a collab with them. And so we got to smoke it, and it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and so now I, I like, I love these things. I had the um, Papa and Barkley uh, ones too. And this is the Clay, this the Claiborne one. Mm-hmm. I've been following all their, they, so El Blunto does a bunch of collabs mm-hmm. for 
people who don't know. Yep. And I follow them very close. This is their latest. Ooh. This just dropped. Well, as you spark this, I feel like this is a very good episode to talk about the world of weed because something I'm hearing you say is you have a lot of ideas in a lot of different areas. And because of the place that cannabis currently is, anybody who's interested in being involved, there's a million opportunities for them to try different things until they might land on something that speaks to their heart. Mm -hmm. And so in, in all of the areas you've tried, was this also in DC where you were like, yo, I believe in fucking weed, but I don't really know who I am yet. And I don't really know what I want to do yet, but I'm just going to start trying things and see where I land. Yeah. So I, I started smoking weed in college. I attempted it once in high school, but I came from a family that like my grandma ran you know, or helped build the build out the D.A.R.E. program in Montgomery County Public Schools of Maryland. Wow. So like I grew up, you know, weed was the devil. And like I went to Catholic school and like, you know, you just didn't do things like that just wasn't even a conversation about like medical. None. Like it wasn't a topic that was even talked about other than this is bad. Don't do it. Which is very End much of the, conversation. It's not even a conversation. No, it's not. Yeah, and that's it. And so, and that's it's very a fucking much gateway like, drug that's going to lead to be you being dead or in jail. Yeah, and yeah. A, and all the sorts of terrible things. And so, um, you know, that was the mindset. And then when I got to college, you know, both the national conversation and the local conversation started to shift. And so, I uh, was dating this guy. He smoked a bunch of weed and I started smoking too. And I was like, hey, I really like this. But I couldn't figure out why because I was also at the time. Um, boss feeling- shit. Yeah, that was that- some boss shit. <laughs> French, French inhale. Wow. Love you it. better be watching YouTube on this one because that is some <laughs> boss shit. This thing burns so nicely it does. too. I, that's the thing. They burn so well. Yeah. Um, uh, they're right there. Uh, but yeah, so you know. I, I was going through some health. I, don't, I also don't want to get kicked off YouTube, so I'm oh, going to yeah. not smoke okay. for a minute so we can actually use some of this content. Okay. Cool. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wait, should I? No, do your okay. thing. No, no, do your um, thing. So yeah, uh, you know, I was going through some health stuff at the time, but I didn't even know it was health stuff. Like, it was just random symptoms that kept occurring, like, you know, really bad pain, all this stuff was going on. And I just, like, I couldn't get help. I was going to doctors all the time dealing with all these issues while also trying to like go through college and like other family stuff was happening. But, um, you know, I, I was really turning to a lot of weed. I was like, what is like, this is great. Like I can go on a, like I would take a bong rip and go on a run. Mm -hmm. Like it was so amazing. And I was like, this shouldn't be what's happening because that's not what I learned. That Mm -hmm. wasn't what I was brought up, you know, with. And so I kept doing more research. I was also being diagnosed with endometriosis at the time. I graduated college like barely. Um, I was like really trying to figure out what was happening with me. And I had to go in for an emergency surgery. Um, I found out that I had endometriosis, which is just a horribly a painful chronic disease that uh, people have who menstruate. Well, I don't need, there's all this different research. We don't have to go into it. That'll be no, like but forever. for our listeners who don't know. Yeah. So it, it is, it's a chronic, sometimes I have a weird time talking about like people who menstruate or whatever, because there's a lot of different people who identify sexually differently. And so mm-hmm. like, it's kind of tough to say who it affects. It affects many people, but but m- largely people who menstruate. Mm-hmm. And it can be extraordinarily painful. You essentially have lesions that grow 
on different organs. Right. And when especially you have your period or I mean, just in general, if it gets bad enough, they get very inflamed. And so you're essentially like internally bleeding. And uh, it's every month. Yeah. And so fucking hell. But it can get to a point that it's so bad that it's not just on your period. So for me, like again, last year, like what happens is that anything just triggers it and uh the flare-ups it's not even like a period cramp it's like someone stabbing you with multiple knives and then just like kind of twisting it and then setting it on fire yeah and then um having like red fire ants crawling all over your insides Cool. I don't know if that was like descriptive enough. And so, <laughs> yeah, one more example, please. Yeah, so, yeah, sure. And so, weed clearly helps with this, with the pain. And I imagine with also like yes. just the level of stress that you're yeah. experiencing. Oh my gosh. Like, and so, right after I graduated from college, I experienced all of that. Uh, it changed my life. I realized I couldn't hold down a job. Like I wanted to be this like career woman. My mom is this, you know, amazing career woman. And I just like everything in front of me was halted, but weed was so amazing. And I like, I hated using opiates. I hated, you know, then like drinking even started to really affect me. And I was like, oh my God, like weed is a, this is fucking miraculous. Like how do more women get access to this? Because like, I didn't know about it. Uh, Like people needed to know. And so I was like, I have to get into this industry. And so I started ordering. I lived in D.C. I started ordering um, I-71 weed because that's when all of that had just passed. Like 2016, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I literally would just ask every delivery driver if they had an opening or if I could talk to their boss. And I knew that like the scene was so small that eventually I would meet someone who worked for a company. And so I did eventually like, you know, one of the CEOs drove by, like dropped off some weed and I was like, hey, are you hiring for any marketing I love stuff? that in the I-71, it's the CEO who's dropping off your no, weed. No, seriously, because it's like that's t- so... Yeah, yeah, it's like people are really doing it themselves. This is some DIY self-titled CEO, but also has a company, mm-hmm. but is also delivering it. That's the no, community. Exactly. That's yeah. It. yeah, yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. Sorry, I'm repeating you, no, but it's... I'm just like, this is the first I'm learning about this. <laughs> <area>. <laughs> Shout out. Am I allowed to pass this? Uh, I can, but you guys. um, So yeah, you know, it was was very different. And then, you know, like things started progressing. I was looking at other companies. I met up with uh, Harrison from Daily High Club. And then I started working for them. And then fast forward five years later, you know, moved out to LA, like experienced all this like wealth of knowledge. I mean, I didn't even know what CBD was. Right. Like I quit cigarettes. I lost like 50 pounds. I you know, had a completely different lifestyle, stopped drinking. Like, I I don't want to say like, oh, it was the weed, but it was a very helpful tool that allowed me to achieve those things. Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, when it comes to health, I do love, you know, weed. And I love Yeah, but also it. you love it enough that you want to work in it too. It's yeah. not like you found like a whole plant I guess is the way to do it like Mm -hmm. a power plant for yourself well and it's such a different industry because and and like why I feel like this industry is kind of the way it is lately is because you have these people like me I'm like I want this to be legal so badly for everyone like I don't think that anyone should have an issue accessing this and I think that a 
that knowledge should be abundant. And I think that everyone should be able to at least know that this is an option and be able to explore what works for them in a way that is safe. And I that can mean a, a wealth of things. But like I just saw an opportunity and was like, this is not legal in every state. Like there are so many people who have endometriosis that can't get treatment where they are. It's so fucking expensive. The amount of money I have spent on healthcare and healthcare bills and surgeries and like alternative treatments and whatever is ridiculous. And so if someone can at least just go buy suppositories to get them through the month, like that would be life-changing to people who are addicted to opiates, who don't have relief, who can't get treatment. And so for me, I wanted to be a part of pushing that forward in some way, shape, or form. And Mm -hmm. so I had to kind of rediscover that mission, which I think a lot of people do, especially if you live in LA. You can get very caught up in like the LA-ness of things. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know how else to describe that. Yeah. That's fair. It's very, it's a very unique, like if you live in a big city though, I've, like New York, it's kind of the same, but like LA is, is different. I've lived in all three cities and LA has something about it. It's a totally different thing. Yeah. Something, I, I don't want to derail from, uh, but I, to, to like give context to the LA part for people, like yeah. there's something about it that I've learned this year as COVID has kind of like eased up a bit. Yeah. Where I can't do it all. I can't be everywhere. No. Nor do I want to be because I want to no. focus so hard on the things that I'm doing and that I believe you can in. Get that so hopefully, distracted. yeah, I think. And there's an L- LA-ness to that. The distraction of being blessed to live in a place where weed is kind of falling off the trees in some ways. In other ways, it's I mean, magically problematic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You can't do that in most places. You certainly cannot, especially like brand. Like I can tell you exactly like the terpene profile, uh, the you know percentage of THC. I can tell like, and I mean that is. Yeah, you you get what you get eventually, like, and that's still so the reality in so many places. And so for me, you know, w- recreational weed is amazing. I think that that should be accessible too. But I, I think all of it should be accessible. But like for me, it's it's just so key that people who have chronic illness, even outside of endometriosis, that deal with issues like the, there's got to be a different solution than opiates yeah there just has to be especially after you know the last few years and the amount you know not to get dark but like the amount of overdoses that have occurred yeah is ridiculous and I think on on the sort of adult use slash recreational tip you know all weed I've I've never been a a real medical patient like I got a Mm -hmm. card when I moved to California and I've I've definitely treated my own sort of anxiety or PTSD with weed but I've never really used it like significantly as in replacing a medication yeah as I guess what I mean like as a medical sort of yeah true um thing that I need every day but all use I've discovered even my use where you know I'm just choosing it instead of something else Mm -hmm. is beneficial yeah and I think that that's like such an important thing that I really only like I just when I lived in New York I never thought of weed that way I just thought of it as something to like fun to smoke at parties right and now I've incorporated it into my life in a holistic way where I use it for sleep and I Mm -hmm. use it for hiking and I use it to slow down and I use it to be a better dog person with my little guy and I use it to you know enjoy a meal with friends and so it's like it's really a place like California giving you the moment to actually pause and infuse your whole life Mm -hmm. with it 
I don't know where else that could happen. So that is a very special it's, thing about LA. It's so unique. And so I, you know, I always tell people, and it's been a really common theme I've heard too with, with others who have moved here. You can do what you can with what you have where you are. You can. <laughs> and I know I had to like think about that for a second. Love it. But, but you can and everyone does that. You know, I know people who have started in Maryland, Florida, Texas, Arizona, where, you know, wherever. But eventually you do have I had to move. Yeah. And so until cannabis really is so accessible, like, yeah, stay where you are, make the change that you can make. But know that like you may hit a wall and that if you do move, it's not forever. You can get experience elsewhere. Like my main goal was to come out to LA and be able to bring that back to DC, which is what's happening now, which is so fucking cool. That is fucking Like it's cool. so cool that I get to bridge those lives. Like there's so many like old contacts I've been, you know, doing stuff with and like a lot of people I know who I can now hire and bring into projects. Like it's so surreal but I, it, you know, that couldn't have happened if I didn't leave. That brings me to uh, something that I wanted to bring up, which is that I think you're sort of the next gen weed person because my view, you know, starts really in like the mid 2000s. Mm -hmm. And now watching you sort of come into the world and move the way you do in a sort of, a, you know, your, your business, but you're an advocate and you're a patient, but you're also a fun person. And you like you just have like <laughs> you're very holistic. And I think it's very next generation in a very fucking cool way. And that brings me to the fact that you also know about like crypto and NFTs. And now I have to be quiet because I really don't know what any of that is. Okay. Yeah. So um, I have. So another thing I have been doing is uh, dabbling with some some crypto work, and it's been really cool. Um, I started like weed crypto, right? Yeah. And so I started, uh, you know, invest. I guess you could call it investing in crypto in like 2015, 2016. Holy shit. I had. Well, I'm. I'm not like. Trust me, I'm not. A bajillionaire. That'd be so cool, though. But I'm not. Cool. <laughs> it would be, yeah, it'd yeah. be sick. But, um, you know, I, I started throwing in like a couple hundred here, a couple thousand there when I could. Like, you know, just like amounts that were at the time like, OK, I can see where this goes. Mm -hmm. And um, it was just such a fascinating idea. A friend was like, look, like, you know, our generation we're really like fucked, honestly, we are. Like we're gonna live a very rented life. Like think about it, no one owns anything. All these banks are buying up houses, uh, the way that people are building out, you know, multi. I, I'll go in a tangent. Forget it. There's a good um, article that I haven't read yet, but mm -hmm. I'm going to read that. It's it's the How title you know of it is something because read everyone it. has talked about it <laughs> because it's like New York Times, and I trust the New York Times. That oh. is such a wow. That <laughs> sentence is the most early 2020s thing I've ever heard in my whole life. Yeah, that was awesome. I don't need to read shit. I just know what's cool. I I actually I know the one you're talking about yeah. because it's you're the, not going to own anything and like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred yeah. percent. Mm -hmm. Are we going to like that though? I don't know. I will have to read the article. To I, would, I would love to divest. Out. Oh, I thought you were talking. There's a crypto explainer in the New York Times right uh, now that I thought you were talking about. I haven't read that either, but it's great. I would love to own nothing. I would love really? to be as free as the wind. Really? But then it comes down to stuff that I do really cherish from people who are no longer here. Like I have memorabilia that I, yeah. I would never be able to let go because it's actually a talisman of some sort that connects yeah. me to a different part of my life. So in that sense, I, hear I don't want to own nothing. But I don't need to own new things. I hear you. Or meaningless things. Would you ever want to own my own home? home? 
Hello. Own a home. Own a home. It's all, that is actually all I want. So okay. I take it back. I guess I'm just thinking about like you know stuff. stuff yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. Know, com- commercial shopping stuff. Yeah. Wouldn't NFT be representative of that to you at this point in time? I guess. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe I should. Because everyone's saying I should get one. Everyone's saying you should get one. Do you have one? I do own an NFT. Does it feel like stuff to you, or does it feel like the future? Okay, so I have a very. I have some different thoughts around NFTs because I have seen this space for a long time. I've I'm not like, you know, developer level like in the code, like not at all. Uh I have though, I have actually read books plural on crypto. I picked up a physical article, book right? and I it is. It's like multiple articles. <laughs> And I wow. and I really do recommend to anyone who wants to be in crypto or like learn more about it, read the internet. I think it's called the Internet of Money. There's a few parts and it just talks about like foundational knowledge of crypto really, really well. And it helped me see like, oh, you know, over time, like a lot of people don't look at history like at all. Almost. It's really wild. Like we could probably just tell the future of all things. Like if you look at 1918 and all of the events that are happening now, it's basically the same. The pandemic and the breaking out of the war. Like and the, what the yeah. fuck? That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's like a mirror, but just more technology. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's so hyper generalized. But anyway, I, you know, it's so interesting because you look at how like the transfer of value has shifted. You know, there's always different, like we can, I can say this bottle here that I'm holding is worth X amount of dollars, mm-hmm. but inflation or whatever, like, you know, I can give this value mm-hmm. and I can give it to you as a form of value. Mm-hmm. You know, we could make anything currency technically. Uh, and that's kind of what you can do with crypto, which is really wild. But um, it's this shift of value and it's also scams it's also you know it's a new industry so you're always going to have good and bad actors and that's any industry yeah you know you look at cannabis you look at music you look at any movies pillow mattresses look at ppe from the like i'm serious like everything has good and bad actors and so for me like blockchain technology has been around for a while this isn't new a lot of you know huge like credit card companies and stuff have already started using blockchain. But the way that crypto itself has evolved over the last, like, what, 10, 12 years is really wild. Like, you look at how Bitcoin was made. You look at the evolution of it being kind of this, like, drug money, like, pizza joke. Like, people would buy pizzas with it jokingly. Like, I know a bunch of people in college who bought fake IDs off of Silk Road with Bitcoin. Like, that was my generation. Like, that's so surreal and so um you know then it was like the ICO season and that was when a bunch of companies kind of like in early tech like of the early 2000s just were like hey we have this big idea and we might do it maybe but give us lots of money and find out and so there's a lot of these (laughs) bubbles that kind of like and this again is all very like hyper generalized but that's because I know a lot of people don't understand it at all and I'm so one of them so and yeah. so you know again like all of these projects have developed over time some are very viable like will help you do things like invest like there's some really cool projects where you can essentially like pool together okay so say us three wanted to buy um a board ape yacht club monkey ape 
thing, the NFT. Like it's a very, very popular NFT right now. It's worth like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Which I is- know because I saw Paris Hilton show uh, yes. hers to, who was that, Fallon or Kimmel? Which is so dystopian. Like, who would have thought (laughs) we'd be getting our financial advice from Paris Hilton and Snoop Dogg right now? She's a boss. He's a boss. Like, it's nuts. Which, like, yeah. But, like, what? Who who could have seen that coming? Anyway, um, so, you know, uh, there's... Are you saying that all three of us could get a bored ape if we combine resources and that might be worth it? Yes. Well, it could be worth it. But, um, so... We could all pool together Mm -hmm. and would have like governance. And so there's different components of crypto that are building toward this like autonomous landscape of finance. But the thing is, is that a lot of it right now is honestly marketing. Like I'm a marketer and I'm sorry I have to tell on people a lot of this shit is bullshit. Appreciate mm-hmm. that. And no, I really do And it's really that. marketing. Like yeah. you see these celebrities diving in, it's because they're getting paid a fuckload of money. Like yeah. I'm guys, they're not doing this for free. Like if you see Tom Brady hopping on something, come on, he just went back to the football field. Like all this shit is gimmicks. Like and it's Oh, and I was reading about how the ball that he wasn't it that his oh final God, ball was sold yeah. as an NFT. Yeah, and now it's like this whole issue it's because it's not his final ball. It's really crazy. And so, you know, it's kind of disheartening because you do see these people who are like jumping in and like I I know nothing about football. Like I didn't even know that Tom Brady wasn't playing for the Patriots anymore. I didn't know he was a football player. Oh, no, that would have been bad. (laughs) I've never heard of football. And he wasn't actually playing for the Patriots. He was playing for Florida. Who is it? The Buccaneers? Well, no, I'm saying like I had no idea that he had changed teams. Like I had no clue. Like, could have forever been on the Patriots in my mind. But, you know, it's it's crazy because he was like, oh, I'm going to stop playing football and go full into NFT. He specifically said, I'm going full into NFTs and crypto. And these are market manipulations. Like, they really are. Like, you see Elon Musk do it. And I get, like, everyone has their own opinion on which way things go. Like, you know, the GameStop stuff that happened on Reddit, like, that wasn't crypto. Stonk. But it is still, you know, this <laughs> same idea of, like, these crazy market manipulations and you look at media and it's all on media cycles at this point Mm -hmm. it's really i think that's why i'm very nervous to be involved or learn too much because i know i'm never going to be an expert i know i'm also not at the top where these decisions are being made that i'm learning about retroactively and so that's why like i love weed because it's like grassroots it's us hanging out chopping it up i know that there's like crypto weed and all that and i'm like all about it but at the same time I, I like that I have a sense of control and know-how from the ground fucking floor of something yeah. I can hold in my hands. Yeah. And all this other stuff, the more I learn about it, the more confident I'm going to get and the harder I feel like I'm going to get burned. Well, so see, here's the thing. Like, when you invest in an NFT, it's just like investing in a company. It's just like investing in a person on Patreon. You know, all we have, like, our generation in the world now are all these, like, micro-investment opportunities almost. It's super weird. And... We have sponsors. Yeah, no, exa- <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, you shout out them. to Yeah, <laughs> shout out. Like, and by the way... <laughs> dur, no, dur, dur, dur. Truly, <laughs> we are a micro-investment opportunity. We're, yeah. You know, totally. Yes, like, Weed and Grub could eventually have an NFT, but it does... So the thing is, is that, like, this has become very commercialized and, like, sucked into this, like, weird vacuum where we've gotten so far away from kind of, like 
the point of NFTs. But then it's kind of like this weird meta, like very high conversation of like, well, isn't didn't we just talk about like how value can just be subjective and it's whatever you give value to. And so like through marketing channels, it's very much like art is life and life is art of like this shift of value and what we put value toward and why. I love it too because it's sort of, you know, the, as you're Crazy. talking, my brain is like flipping over and doing right? like, tum- like-, like a tumbleweed down a road, but not because my head is empty, but just because it's flipping around. Yeah. Um, but no, it's, I can see why weed and uh, crypto go so well together because it's kind of like a fun puzzle to just keep following oh in your God. brain. Yeah. And every stoner wants to like, you know, think about fun stuff that has yeah. no end. Yes. That's the cool part about smoking weed and being like, I wonder. And then you just follow it to its logical yeah. conclusion until you fall asleep. Yeah. <laughs> no, awesome. e- exactly. And so. So like the thing is, though, like I'm still learning. Like so someone could be listening to this and be like, she just gave the dumbest explanation of what's happening ever. No way, man. But like it makes sense to me. And that's what I need. And that's the thing. (laughs) Mark just did an air horn. No, we we (laughs) have to. The thing is, is that like and it's the same with cannabis. And this is a a large part of kind of like how I like to describe my job because I can do a lot of different things. I love Mm -hmm. doing a lot of different things, especially in media and content and whatever. But like the true foundation of what I do is I help bring something to others in a way that is digestible. It's saying like, hey, what is this big idea? What is this big thought? And how can we bring it to people in a way that they may understand? And so like with cannabis, with crypto, it's like all these you know, terpenes, half the world doesn't know what a fucking terpene is. Like half the world doesn't know what an NFT is. And so it's making these things more accessible to people. And that doesn't even mean like affordability. It just is like the knowledge of it. And so like even I only just recently bought my first NFT and I'm not going to lie. I kind of bought it out of FOMO because I'm like, what if it does go up? Like you have to like all of the ads around crypto and stuff are so crazy. It's yeah. like gambling ads almost. And it does run off of this like, like, oh, my friend bought it. Oh, Ke- like Kevin yeah. Durant bought it or like keeping this- up with the Joneses. Yeah. Yes. I yeah. spent a thousand and Paris now I have Hilton 10. Bought- Paris yeah. Hilton showing it off on the fucking late night show, yes, whichever like, one it was. Exactly. All these people <laughs> being like, you know, when they hear I invested in like 2015, 2016, they're like, oh, you must be a millionaire at this point, you know, because everyone's like, if you invested $200 into, into butthole coin in 2013, then you would have 10 million butthole coins. And I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, and man. it's just like you know you can go play the lottery and and so you know don't fall for this FOMO like my biggest advice to people and this sounds so cheesy but really like read do research don't just jump into things because your friend asks you to that is like literally kind of a Ponzi scheme yeah. like it kind of like just think it like that's such a Ponzi scheme because I have to be like oh I need to make my investment worthwhile so like hey you guys mm-hmm. come and check out this investment Definition we can all be in the investment and then we'll all get things back eventually maybe and it's and there are things that are working so find projects that you like and are actually interested in do the research and I know that that takes like effort and brain power but then you know find groups of people that you trust because also the community thing has become so um uh, what is the word 
like predatory. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of fake communities now around crypto because they want people to buy their project. They'll be like, oh, I'm going to foster this environment and this community. And then suddenly they're like shilling you shit. And it's like, oh my God, like weed too. Weed same fucking deal. Same too. Deal. It's the same thing. I know we, we, I know we have to wrap and I, Feel like I know. I'm sorry. I could go. I could go on about crypto forever because it one. is so nuanced. No, yeah, part I truly, one. <laughs> I truly. I, we have to have you back because we have to do weed show and tell another time with you, and we have to f keep following crypto and have you back to like keep us in the loop. Yeah, because I'm never gonna learn so about. You wearing a mink coat, <laughs> riding a scooter, and be like NFT paid off. Y'all should have listened to me. Yeah, right. No, that's so fucking you'll funny. Have your fucking soundboard right there with you. Yeah, <laughs> you'll have an assistant carrying your soundboard. <laughs> Ooh, I do need an assistant. I can't afford one though, but. That's that would be great. <laughs> well, let everyone know where to follow you and if you yeah. have anything else you want to talk about. Um, so you can find me at That's Busy on Instagram. Uh, if my Instagram is up, you can also just Google Liz Whiting. That would honestly help my ranking anyway. So <laughs> marketing speak. But you can Google me there. Sendusflowers.com or at Sendusflowers. Uh, that's the podcast. I have some really exciting April content coming up. So pretty stoked on that. Um, and a new, uh, oh, I have a new line of designs that Ooh. I designed and I guess that's like, design. like clothing? clothing. Yeah. Oh, shit. Um, it's all on my website now. Uh, I wanted to launch it for women's and endometriosis month, but we're kind of at the end of it. It's still within the, yeah. Mm -hmm. But, um, basically all the proceeds from, Anything that I put on the website and sell at the end of each month, I'm going to be donating portion of the profits toward endometriosis research. And then I'm going to have a few different charities and I'll send out a survey to anyone who purchased so that they can help choose which charity they'll send it to that month. And where do the people get that? Uh, Sendusflowers.com. Dope. Yep. Wow. That That's like is awesome. all super new. You're next gen. You're giving back. You're paying it forward. You're explaining shit to us. Please yeah. come back. <laughs> I need all these things in my all, life. I mean, it's all learning together. That's the thing is like, I don't, like, I think once you say like, I don't know everything, because I don't. There's so much to learn. But when you're on that journey together, I think that's super powerful. Yeah. We got to explain things to each other. Yeah. Mike explains things to me all the time. I mean, that's and one of the versa. things I love to do about this podcast is I learn about shit that I would just never know about unless yeah. I connected with someone who is very different from me. So, and that's what Weed and Grub is all about. Yeah. Um, follow us at Weed and Grub on Instagram. Email us things at wg at weedandgrub.com. Um, come see us at our live comedy shows in April. Please so follow Liz in everything she does and her pod and give our pods uh, um, ratings, reviews, rankings, tell friends about it, all that kind of stuff. It helps us so much. And um, please come back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. I'm totally in. We got to do weed show. And I'm going to bring the soundboard next time. Okay. <laughs> We're going to, Mark, can we work on that? Yes. He's got it. <laughs> Thank you so much. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.